Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm Jill. Today is the 28th day of November. Welcome, everybody. So glad that you're here joining us and making the Bible a part of your daily rhythm. Today we are back in the book of Acts, starting with chapter 18, verse 19, and we'll be reading through chapter 19, verse 41. This week we're reading the New International Version, Acts. Chapter 18 They arrived at Ephesus, where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. He himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to spend more time with them, he declined. But as he left, he promised, I will come back if it is God's will. Then he set sail from Ephesus. When he landed at Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the church, and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. When Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed. For he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about twelve men in all. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, In the name of the Lord Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. 
He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. After all this had happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. After I have been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. He sent two of his helpers, Timothy and Aristus, to Macedonia while he stayed in the province of Asia a little longer. About that time there arose a great disturbance about the way. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought in a lot of business for the craftsmen there. He called them together, along with the workers in related trades, and said, You know, my friends, that we receive a good income from this business, and you see and hear how this fellow Paul has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus, and in practically the whole province of Asia. He says that gods made by human hands are no gods at all, there is danger not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited, and the goddess herself, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. When they heard this, they were furious and began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Soon the whole city was in an uproar. The people seized Gaius, and Aristarchus, Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia, and all of them rushed into the theater together. Paul wanted to appear before the crowd, but the disciples would not let him. Even some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, sent him a message begging him not to venture into the theater. The assembly was in confusion. Some were shouting one thing, some another. Most of the people did not even know why they were there. The Jews in the crowd pushed Alexander to the front, and they shouted instructions to him. He motioned for silence in order to make a defense before the people. But when they realized he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison for about two hours, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! The city clerk quieted the crowd and said, Fellow Ephesians, doesn't all the world know that the city of Ephesus is the guardian of the temple of the great Artemis and of her image which fell from heaven? Therefore, since these facts are undeniable, you ought to calm down and not do anything rash. You have brought these men here, though they have neither robbed temples nor blasphemed our goddess. If then Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a grievance against anybody, the courts are open and there are proconsuls, they can press charges. If there is anything further you want to bring up, it must be settled in a legal assembly. As it is, we are in danger of being charged with rioting because of what happened today. In that case, we would not be able to account for this commotion, since there is no reason for it. After he had said this, he dismissed the assembly. We encounter an interesting story today in Acts 19, 15 and 16. In one exorcism, the seven sons encountered something they were completely unprepared for. An evil spirit spoke back to them 
I know Jesus, it said, and I know Paul, but who are you? So I may bring up the question, is it wrong to say the name of Jesus? Sometimes it's a simple cry for help, a prayer, an acknowledgement. We say it in so many different contexts for so many different reasons. And we even pray with all authority in the name of Jesus, which is not a wrong thing to do, I might add. But maybe where we can zoom in, I'm pulling from the God of the story today, the story shows that invoking the name of Jesus isn't magic or even commanding without his spirit within. People use the name of Jesus for many different reasons up until today, but the authority of that name is present within those who have surrendered their identity to his ever-present work of sanctification. The evil spirit in this story knew who Jesus was. It even knew Paul's authority in Christ, but it had no respect for and could not be dominated by those who simply used the name without knowing the one behind the name, which when you think about it um, is such a simple concept. Maybe we're praying to a God that we don't even know. Maybe we're praying in all authority to Jesus to get us out of a pickle and we don't even know him personally. Heard about him, know some things about him, but lack intimacy with the one that we call the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus, today I pray that we would know you and come to know you in a new and personal, intimate way, knowing that you long to know us, you long to be with us, you long for presence with us, not to put in time, not to do time, but to truly know us and know our heart, reveal our heart to get to the deeper truth of who we are and whose we are. So I pray that as we call on your name, we would contemplate our relationship with you and not use your name or try to use your power without a relationship of knowing you and without a deeper longing to know you. Thank you that you hear us when we pray. Thank you that you long to know us, be with us, that you will never leave us, never forsake us. We pray this all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Daily audio Bible that's home base. That's the website. You can check it out if you have not. Take a look around and let's talk Christmas. Uh, there are some wonderful resources there at the website created specifically to enhance your journey through the Bible and they make wonderful Christmas gifts and we will talk specifically about those tomorrow. If you would like to partner with us here at the Daily Audio Bible, we thank you so much for your partnership. If you're giving by mail, DAB PO Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee 37174 or utilizing uh, your technology, you can hit the give icon at the top of your mobile app. And lastly, you can look for the give icon on the website. If you need prayer, if you'd like to pray for someone that's previously called in several different ways for you to do so, 800-583-2164 or 
uh, once again, utilizing your technology. Hit the red circle button on the mobile app up at the top right-hand corner. You have two minutes on the prayer line. Hit submit at the end, turn the wheel over to chronological, and it will get to the right place. That's it for me today. I'm Jill. We will turn the page together tomorrow as we wind this month down together. I look forward to that time with you here. Until then, love one another. Good morning, Dad. This is Tony calling from Suffolk. I wanted to lift up Kathy in prayer. She called, said her husband had terminal brain cancer. I think she said a year and a half ago. And she's not seeing her three grandchildren. And then also Emma called in on reference of uh, issues that she's having with her marriage. So, Father, I lift up Kathy and Emma to you, Lord God. You know what they're going through, Father. You know what they stand in the need of, Father. I'm asking, Lord God, that you just give them guidance and direction, Father, as to which way to go, Father. Allow them not to lean on their own understanding. Dear Lord, I'm asking for strength, Father. I'm asking for comfort for them, Lord God, as they are dealing with some difficult situations, Lord God. I'm asking, Lord God, you just show yourself mighty, Lord God, and regardless of what they're going through, Father, that you will be there for them, Father. You would never leave them nor forsake them, Lord. Father, for Emma, Father, Marriage is a sacred thing, Lord God, as I went through a difficult time in my marriage, Father, so I know, Lord God, exactly what it feels like, Lord. But, Father, I'm asking, Lord God, you just to, just to touch your situation. Just, Lord God, just have your way, Father. I really don't know what else to say, Father. All I can say is it's difficult when that marriage starts to fall apart. But, Father, I am a living testimony, Lord God, and I know that you can draw them back, Lord God. Back, Lord God, to the loving and the caring, Father. And Lord God, you just to intercede, Lord God, just in the middle, Lord God, just bring that triangle together. And I'm just trusting and believing, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. This is my prayer to you. Amen. Good morning, Deb C. Chronological. This is Cynthia in upstate New York. And Today is the 19th of November. I would love to pray for Tanya in Ohio, and I'd like to pray for Jill and her family. Heavenly Father, we say thank you for today and thank you for all that you give us. We could not be here and we could not do the things we do without you, and we do say thank you for that. I come to you asking for prayer for Tanya and her family. She has a boyfriend that she cares a great deal about, but she has seen some red flags and doesn't quite know what to do with it. But you do. Lord, I ask that you and your perfect will be done in her life and in the life of her son. Please give her direction. Show her what she needs to see and know so that she can make good decisions for her family. Lord, she loves you. And that's evident that she's come to you even asking for prayer for him. And I also pray for him that your will be done in his life as well as in hers to help make good choices. And I pray for Jill and her family. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for sending such a beautiful platform to this world and helping us to know who you are by bringing us all around this global campfire. What a wonderful an amazing gift of technology you've brought into this world. So I thank you, Jill, and I thank your whole family for bringing so many of us together. I had eye surgery in January and probably would have never found this place if not 
through the direction of a friend. So Lord Jesus, I thank you and your great providence for direction and guidance. And I just say a prayer for everyone today. If you do not know the Lord Jesus, please bring him into your life. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.